Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I'm happy to be here on this Friday. We've got a busy weekend of sports. I've got a great show. Gabe Reynolds will be joining the show shortly. But let's get into the sports headlines from last night. As the NBA All-Stars have been announced for the starters, LeBron sits in a loss to Philly. And would Aaron Rodgers really sign with the Denver Broncos? All right, before we, get, before we begin the show, I just want to say what an episode last night. Jenny Fisher was on the podcast, and it was amazing. I would love to get her back on as a regular. I just I appreciate all my guests that have agreed to come back onto the podcast. They believe in me. They see what I'm trying to do here. It was an adrenaline for me. Two years ago, when I was at 95.7 in Columbus, I wanted to be back in the studio. I just wanted to be on the radio talking sports. The pandemic, which shut down the radio station, left an empty feeling inside, and I needed to have that feeling. So getting on and doing a podcast dedicated to covering sports filled a void in my life. And 20 years later, I'm back in the game. I felt like I had my shot 20 years ago, but... As you know, life happens. Life happens. We all make decisions in life. And I have no regrets. I really enjoy my life and the way it's gone with my wife and kids and family. And it's been amazing. But I was given an opportunity and I'm just going along with it. And we'll see how far it takes me. But as you know, I've had 300 episodes and yesterday was 301. This is episode 302. And Gabe is going to be on the show shortly. We're going to talk everything conference championships. But let's get right into the headline news from last night. As the starters have been announced for the NBA All-Star Game in Cleveland, LeBron James, with no surprise, makes his 18th All-Star appearance. But surprisingly, Andrew Wiggins for the Golden State Warriors makes his first appearance. John Morant with the Memphis Grizzlies makes his first appearance as well. The remaining starters for the Western Conference, Steph Curry and Nikolai Jokic of the Denver Nuggets, who is having an MVP season, and Denver is looking great without their injured guard, Jamal Murray. Jokic looks like he can win another MVP. I mean, he's clearly an underrated player. Now let's go to the Eastern Conference. Has there been a bigger free agent acquisition? Then DeMar DeRozan going to the Chicago Bulls. He makes the all-star team. The Atlanta Hawks guard Trey Young makes his second all-star appearance. Should have made it last year. But he's having career highs in field goal percentage and three-point percentage. The Sixers center Joel Embiid is having an MVP season. The Sixers looking great without Ben Simmons. And you have Giannis, 
who's already got the ring. Milwaukee's looking good. Kevin Durant makes the all-star team, and you know it's factored in by fan voting, and there's a combination of things that cause the starters to be announced. He has a sprained knee ligament, and he's going to be out for a while, but he makes the all-star team. They're saying that Andrew Wiggins making the all-star team was somewhat of a surprise. He's averaging 18 points a game. It's based on fan ballot. 50% of the vote is with fan balloting. Then you have 25% of the vote is the media and 25% is the other players in the league. So interesting, but I'm happy for Andrew Wiggins. You know, he was the number one overall pick in 2014. And I always felt that he never got a fair shot because I thought that he would have been great playing with LeBron, but of course he was traded away to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Kevin Love. LeBron doesn't want to play with younger players. I do think LeBron would get along with younger players. And I think he's getting into his career where he needs to start thinking about playing with younger players. Think of all the players that he shipped out of town. Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Andrew Wiggins. I just don't get it why he would want to just have a bunch of veteran players because right now the Lakers aren't doing anything. They're not doing anything. LeBron didn't even play last night in Philly as the 76ers defeat the Lakers 105 to 87. Clearly, now that the Lakers are one game under 500, you know the trend. They're going to beat Charlotte this week and then they play the Hawks. They could probably beat the Hawks because LeBron is going to play. But he sat this game out. Anthony Davis had 31 points. The Lakers are a scary team if Anthony Davis and LeBron James are both healthy. But I still believe that Russell Westbrook is holding them back. When it comes playoff time, sure, the Lakers will get in. They're probably going to be in the play-in game. Right now, they're the ninth seed. They would have to win three games to actually get into the playoffs. Yeah, the Warriors beating the Timberwolves last night, 124 to 115. So this is what the NBA standings looks like right now. In the Eastern Conference, the two top teams are the Miami Heat and the two top teams are the Miami Heat and the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls are a half game behind the Heat. The Heat have the best record in the Eastern Conference at 31 and 17. The Cleveland Cavaliers, I don't know how they're doing this have a record of 30 and 19, and they are the third seed in the Eastern Conference right now. How are they doing this? Obviously, the veteran leadership of Kevin Love, Darius Garland, they don't even have Colin Sexton. He's out with an injury. But Evan Mobley having a great rookie season. Brooklyn's two back. When they get everybody healthy, they're going to be dangerous in the playoffs. The Sixers are tied with Brooklyn. The defending champs, Milwaukee, is tied with Philly and Brooklyn. Your top six teams in the Eastern Conference are pretty much set. They're going to be playoff teams. Then there's a little bit of a drop-off. The Charlotte Hornets, the Boston Celtics, which the Hawks play tonight. The Hawks are on a five-game winning streak. The Hawks are only a half game out of the playoff race for that 10 seed. You got Boston. You got Toronto that has Scotty Barnes, but they don't have Kyle Lowry. And then you have Washington with all those pieces that they got from the Russell Westbrook trade, which they actually look pretty good. And I don't know if Bradley Beal is going to get shipped off. New York and Atlanta, both at a half game behind in the playoffs. 
You know, I was looking at the New York Knicks, and I don't think it's working out with Cam Reddish. I thought maybe he would flourish as a superstar in New York. Two of six, he only played 10 minutes, six points. I think the Hawks made a great trade by getting rid of Cam Reddish. And they're going to get the Knicks' number one pick next year. So you look at that, that was actually a pretty good trade. Because what if the Knicks don't make the playoffs? And the Hawks have a lottery pick. So the news, Green Bay... So Green Bay's offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, who's also best buddies with Aaron Rodgers, agreed to be the head coach of the Denver Broncos. This doesn't necessarily mean that Aaron Rodgers is going to go to Denver, but I think it would be a good fit. He already knows the offensive coordinator. They have a very good relationship. I think Denver put all their chips in the table to get Nathaniel Hackett as their new head coach with the hopes that Aaron Rodgers is going to join him. Also, does Devontae Adams go wherever Aaron Rodgers goes? That is something to look at. If Aaron Rodgers really wants to flourish, he should stay in Green Bay. And this is why. Because Matt LaFleur is a good head coach. He led the Packers in his first three seasons to two 13-3 seasons and then a 13-4 season. I've never seen a head coach with that great of a record in his first three seasons, to include George Seifert. Remember, he went 10-6 and in his third season. All right, so on this show, especially when football season ends, we have the Winter Olympics coming up on the 3rd of February. We got World Cup qualifying going on. The United States will take on Canada this Sunday. They were able to beat El Salvador last night. I saw it on TV. Of course, Christian Pelusic was actually in the starting lineup. If you look at the table in CONCACAF, the first three, only the top three make it to the World Cup. The team that's in fourth place qualifies for the Intercontinental Playoff. Right now, Canada, who has not made the World Cup since 1986, is leading the way with 19 points after a convincing 2 mil victory over Honduras. You look at the teams that made the World Cup in 2018. They're not even in the top three. Well, with the exception of Mexico. Panama, Honduras... And Costa Rica at the bottom. Canada is leading the way with 19 points. The United States leading the way with 18 points. So we got the showdown on Sunday. USA versus Canada in soccer. Who would have thought that Canada would be a competitor in soccer? In Mexico with 17 points. They've played nine games so far. I like the United States' chances at making the World Cup in 2022. Earlier Later this year in Qatar, it will be in November because of the weather. It's like 120 degrees in Qatar. So like many people know, like I had Eric Taylor on the podcast. I've had uh, Tanya Chavez. You know, we talk soccer all the time. Love to have both of them on the podcast, especially when we get to World Cup qualifying and when they announce the draw for the World Cup, because I could talk everything World Cup with those two. They're just great soccer minds. And now I'm a big player in the game when it comes to indoor soccer. So, you know what? I think it's time we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I will have Gabe Reynolds on the show. So you don't want to miss it. Back in a few. Welcome back to the show. I got Gabe Reynolds on, back for the third time on the Sports Beat. Gabe, you're always a great guest. I'm really looking forward to your knowledge and just passion going into these conference championship games. Gabe, welcome back to the show. Hey, Richard, man, good to be back. Thanks for having me. 
Hey, great, great, great weekend of football last weekend. Now we got down to the final four of the championship games. It's going to be another good weekend. I am excited about these games. Last weekend was a gift to all football fans because we've got we had four impelling contests. That Chiefs Bills game was just crazy. And now, uh, well, first of all, before we get into these conference championship games, let's talk about your Dallas Cowboys. I know that you are a passionate, diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. And what can I say? It was a great game. The play call, 13 seconds, quarterback draw. Yeah, I think Dak Prescott probably would have been better off throwing it into the end zone a couple of times because, I don't know, what's your feeling about that play? And uh, what are you looking forward to for the Cowboys in the offseason? That was bad clock management, in my opinion. You got to be aware, if you're running down the field and you have no timeouts, the clock doesn't stop. It's not like in college where – the, uh, the 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 clock stops after a first down. It that that was that was bad bad clock management from the player, the quarterback, and the coaches. Nobody was prepared for that moment, and it came back and bit them in the butt. So, and then the other thing, like how how long have you been playing football? You know, give the ball to the official. You don't um you don't give the ball to your center and then uh try to spike it. It's not how this goes. Yeah, I mean, I was happy with the win because I'm a 49ers fan, but I wasn't real happy with the outcome, the way it ended. It was a great game. That was a very compelling game, and I'm glad that that rivalry has been renewed because I think if the 49ers and Cowboys continue meeting, I think that that's going to be a very special rivalry that once was historic in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, it's got, it's it's definitely uh, budding and growing. Again, I'm glad to see you know the 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 blue bloods of the NFL uh, being back on the map. So that that's going to be a rivalry that's going to be big for everybody. All right, and now we do know yesterday Dan Quinn has been retained as the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. What are your thoughts on the rumors? Not sure if it's true, but the Cowboys are looking to Sean Payton possibly because. I don't know if Mike McCarthy is on the hot seat. I don't know if the owner, Jerry Jones, is going to make the move. But now that Sean Payton has stepped down as the New Orleans Saints head coach, what are your thoughts on him possibly taking the Cowboys job? I I know everybody wants to connect the dots and say, you know, hey, Sean Payton is going to come back and he's going to be with the Cowboys. That's good in the here and the now. But I don't think Sean Payton is coming back. One, it's it's a it'll be a lot of pressure. Mike McCarthy, I mean, he's not he he he's not a bad coach. He won a Super Bowl himself. He won one Super Bowl. What makes Sean Payton any different from Mike McCarthy? Mike McCarthy went to uh numerous NFC championship games when he was in Green Bay. Um he had the best quarterback in the league at the time in Aaron Rodgers. Uh Sean Payton went to numerous NFC championship games after they won the Super Bowl uh, with Drew Brees. And he had arguably one of the best quarterbacks of, at the time. It, it's really not a – it's not it's not much of a, of a difference between the two, if you ask me. He just finished his second year. His first year was – McCarthy's first year, was they were dealing with COVID. You didn't really get to meet your team. Everything was done over Zoom. 
Last year was your first time actually being able to have everybody back. Let's see what McCarthy does next year. Let's let's you know give give him time. Peyton just stepped down. Who's to say Peyton may not go for another another job? Maybe Peyton goes you know to the AFC side. It's it's not. A, I don't think it's a guarantee that he's going to come to Dallas. Well, I think the Cowboys are going to be in good shape, especially with Dan Quinn returning as defensive coordinator, because that was the big difference having Dan Quinn as the defensive coordinator and the Cowboys defense improved gradually. Right. Right. Definitely. All right. So as excited as we were for this last weekend of football, and we had some compelling NFL games, three of the games ended in a, on a walk-off field goal. And then that Kansas city Buffalo game, which was crazy ends on a walk-off touchdown in overtime. Gabe, do they need to change the overtime rules? Uh, I think, okay, Here, here's my take on the overtime rules. If you, if you give a, if you kick a field goal, the other team gets the, gets the opportunity to go down and score. But if a team gets the ball and goes down and score, then the game is over. Why not give the other team the opportunity to go back down and score? So in that game right there, Kansas City won the toss. They went down and scored. I think Buffalo should. I think Buffalo should have got a chance. Now Buffalo, they get four downs. You get four downs to get a first down. If they get, if they don't, if they don't get a first down in four downs, then the game is over. But if they, if they get a first down, you keep going. You have to score. You can't get a field goal. You got to get a touchdown. But give that other offense an opportunity. That's just me. I like what they do at the college level. They give both teams the opportunity, but they do it from the uh, the 20-yard line. And then after the third overtime, they go for they go uh, back and forth on two-point conversions. I, I think – I just think that part right there, you don't need to do the two-point conversions, but give both teams the opportunity to go down and score. But, Gabe, what do you think of this idea? And I know this may sound crazy. The team that gets the ball, if they score a touchdown, they have to go for two. And then that other team gets an opportunity, so it makes it harder. So let's say that other team gets the two-point conversion, and we're tied after that. Then, uh, I, you know what? Then after that, go to college overtime rules and have them uh, place the ball at the 25. I understand but that's, the but, but think about this, Richard. Think about this. In overtime, if the team scores a touchdown, they don't kick a field goal. The game is over on the touchdown. So there's no need to go for two. Right. I was just thinking that if you want to give the other team an opportunity, because the fans felt like something was empty because Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes were going back and forth exchanging touchdowns, and Josh Allen never touched the ball in overtime. And but, it's, it's based off emotion. Fans want the overtime rule change because they wanted to see a more exciting game. But remember, this Kansas City two years ago wanted to change the rules when New England did the exact same thing to them. So Kansas City benefited this time around on the rules because it never got changed. So you are right. They they now you know hey two years ago they quined. this year. Nah, nah, nah. We we won this. Like, make if you're gonna do it, just make it fair across the board. I think the fairest way to do it is 
if that team, because if you score, if you kick a field goal, how's it fair for the other team to get the ball and go and get an opportunity to go down? But if they if they score a touchdown, then nobody gets the ball. No, if you score a touchdown, give that other team an opportunity. Who's to say that other team is going to score a touchdown in overtime? You got to get a first down anyway to keep moving the chains, right? It's no different yeah. than the regular. Just take the time off the clock. There's no time. Don't even put 10 minutes on the clock. Just take the time off and then go. I don't think any professional game should end in a tie. Baseball doesn't end in a tie. Hockey doesn't end in a tie. The NBA doesn't end in a tie. Golf doesn't end in a tie. Watch your football end in a tie. If you really want to get crazy, if you look at soccer, it, it's ended on penalty kicks. Hockey ends in a shootout. Exactly. I mean, nobody, nobody ends in a <laughs> You could do that, too. You, you could do that, too. But then that – because you're, you're putting more pressure on the kickers. Oh, the purists would just go crazy if, if it ended in a field goal competition. Or, you know, baseball ends in a home run derby. <laughs> right. But, I mean, if – Hey, they, if they play, they'll play eighteen to twenty-one extra inning games in baseball. You can play, in the playoffs in hockey. There is no penalty. They keep going. They just keep going in constant overtime. So well, how does how does how is it that the NFL and all of its wisdom and everything that's going on? How have you not changed and adapted to the game? But everybody else, college soccer. NBA, MLB, NHL, no game ends in a tie. But in the NFL, you rob your fans if the team scores a touchdown. But if neither team scores a touchdown, then it ends in a tie. That's not right. We got that, that, There's got to be a change made somewhere. Yeah, we definitely got to get rid of the tie in the regular season. Nobody wants to see a team finish the season 8-8-1 eight, eight and one like the Pittsburgh Steelers. But – Let's switch gears, Gabe, and let's talk about these conference championships. I'm excited. That first game, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs, it will kick off at 3.30 on CBS. The Chiefs are favored by seven as Patrick Mahomes is making his fourth conference championship appearance. And Cincinnati, coming out of nowhere, making it to the AFC championship for the first time since the 1988 season. Who do you got in this game, and what are you looking forward to, and what do you expect to see? Ooh, um, I think it's going to be a really good game. It's going to be, a, it's definitely going to be a shootout. Um, I like, I like, Jamar, I like the, the combination of Jamar Chase and uh, Joe Burrow. That connection right there. I like Joe Mixon in the uh, in the backfield. I, I mean, I can't, I can't take anything away from Cincinnati right now because they have won two games on the road to get to this point. And they upset the number one seed at home in the playoffs, and their kicker has ice water in their in his veins. Like they're they're playing with house money right now. So the Bengals have no pressure on them. The all the pressure is on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And Joe Burrow said earlier this week, "I played in the SEC. I have played in some loud stadiums." And he is right. He played at Georgia. He played at Alabama. He went to Florida. And LSU was loud too. Don't get me wrong. He played in the, and he played in the uh in the college football playoff national championship game. He has been on he has been on the big stage. With all that said, I like Kansas City and I like what they got. 
I think their defense is starting to lock in. I think their defense is going to get pressure on him. They're going to continue to hit him like the Titans did last year, last week. They may not get nine sacks, but they're going to get, they're going to be in his face every time he turns around. I don't think there's nobody on Cincinnati's defense in the secondary that can stay with uh, Tyreek Hill, Miko Hartman, and Travis Kelsey. And then you got that man back there, the Grim Reaper, uh, Patrick Mahomes, slinging the ball left and right. And they're playing at KC. They're playing in the Chiefs' kingdom. It's going to be a good game. I still think the defense holds enough for Cincinnati to keep it close, keep it closer than the experts expect. But I like Kansas City to go back to the Super Bowl, and it's going to come down to another field goal. I'm going to give you my prediction at the end of the show. All right, that is a great pick. I can't wait to see an exciting game. I think the difference in this game is going to be Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, cleared concussion protocol, and he should play in this game. And I think that he's going to make a difference in that secondary. It's not going to be as easy for Joe Burrow to find Jamar Chase or T. Higgins or his weapons that I want to see him go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes and we see a shootout, but we'll see. And all right now, Gabe. So the next game, the game that has my attention, because I don't know how the 49ers got here. After last weekend, I thought that they were going to get blown out by the Packers. And the 49ers are here, second time in three years, five times in the last 11 years. So yesterday on the show, I had Jenny Fisher, who's also a diehard 49ers fan, and it was just a 49er love fest. Gabe, bring me back to earth, knock some sense into me, Tell me why you think the Rams are going to beat the 49ers, or if you feel the 49ers are in the Rams' head. Who wins this game and why? I think this game is going to come down to defense. It's going to come down to defense on the Rams' side, and can Jimmy Garoppolo just be a game manager? He ain't got. He doesn't have to do too much. He just needs to be a game manager and get the ball to the right people. But at the same time, that offensive line has got to hold, hold, hold serve and make sure that you keep Aaron McDonald, the other pass Von rusher Miller. for the Rams. Von Miller, you're going to have to know where they are at all times and keep them in check because if they don't, they're going to pin them ears back and they're going to come after Jimmy Garoppolo. They're, gonna, they're going to be able to take Kittle out the game, but that's going to open things up for Debo. If Sam, if Debo Samuels can get going and maintain and just run clock, run time, and just keep it close, then the Niners got a chance. But on the other side, you got another quarterback. You got Matthew Stafford that's having the best year of his career. Nobody gave him a chance. And this is why the Rams traded for him out of Detroit. He went down to Tampa and beat the defending champ. He beat Tom Brady. You got Cooper Cup. That boy, that that's a that's a that's a bad man right there. You got OBJ over there on the other side, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting exciting game. But I think I don't think the 49ers are gonna are gonna be able to win six straight. I think playoff football, the pressure in the moment is gonna get to them. The pressure is gonna get to them. And I think I think the Rams are gonna find a way to pull it out and play again in their home field for the Super Bowl. And you're asking a lot for a road team to win three straight road playoff games, despite what the ticket sales say. 
that there's going to be just about as many 49ers fans at SoFi as there are Rams fans, but that's neither here or there. But here's my take on the 49ers. So Trent Williams has a bad ankle. The X-rays came back negative. If he plays, I think the 49ers have a shot. If he doesn't play, then it's hunting season. It's open season on Jimmy Garoppolo, and he is not going to look very comfortable out there if he's constantly getting pressure. But the 49ers can put pressure on Matthew Stafford. And if Matthew Stafford, when he doesn't have a blitz, like Matthew Stafford is the best quarterback this year coming off blitzes. So when teams blitz him, he eats them alive. But the 49ers can bring pressure with four without blitzing. They're going to get Ambry Thomas back. Their corners are improving. You're going to have Ambry Thomas. You're going to have Kwan Williams. You're going to have Emmanuel Mosley. And they're going to be guarding Van Jefferson, OBJ, and Cooper Cup. Jaquiski Tart and Jimmy Ward can cover down. So they can play man with the safeties spying on them just to make sure that they don't come up, they don't break out with a big play. But the right. 49ers defensive line can put pressure with just four. So that's something to watch out for. I don't think the Rams are going to be able to get a big play, but I also look back at that game in Week 18 when the Rams had a 17-0 lead on the 49ers, and the 49ers were scoreboard watching, and they were seeing the Saints blowing out the Falcons, and they said, okay, here we go. This is our season. And they had a sense of urgency in that second half, and I believe the Rams took the foot off the gas pedal because they knew they were in the playoffs. And that's going to be a difference. The 49ers were able to get that win because they needed it. We're going to get the Rams' best effort. But I also feel the 49ers have been here before. So we're going to get the 49ers' best effort. And then it's going to be which team can be more physical. The 49ers are a very physical team. The Rams are more of a finesse team. Yes, they do have some physical players. It's going to be exciting. i I, I, I got to be honest with you, Gabe. It's just too much to ask for the 49ers to win this game. If they do, great. I will probably spend an entire two weeks talking about the 49ers in, in previewing the Super Bowl. But I think the Rams win this one. And I know you have some picks. But let's go ahead and see which Super Bowl matchup is the most intriguing to you. Because you have four possibilities. I know that the whole country wants to see Rams and Chiefs because they played a regular season game a couple of years ago where the score was 54-51. to 51. Right. What do you think? What's the most intriguing Super Bowl matchup? I think Rams and Chiefs is what – Rams and Chiefs, like you said, is what America wants. But then I think there's some football purists out there that want to see 49ers Bengals. I mean, you got two California teams playing in one championship game. You got – the darling of the NFL playing in the other championship game. And then you got the the up and the up and comers. You know, they were just they're just two years removed from a two win season. So I think they peaked way early. But I do feel that everybody prefers these four teams playing over the Titans and Chiefs or the Buccaneers and and um, 49ers. I think more people were probably wanted to see Green Bay and L.A. as opposed to L.A. and San Francisco. But because you, you but you still have 
if you look at it, you got an up-and-coming quarterback in Joe Burrow. Joe Cool is what we call him down here. You got Patrick Mahomes, who is basically the cover the cover boy and the poster child for everything. You got Matthew, Matthew Stafford having a rebirth because he was just dead to rights in Detroit. He was th- he was putting up stats, but he was he, he wasn't he wasn't going nowhere. And then you got Jimmy G basically playing for a new contract with another team because everybody basically is counting them out. So every the storylines in these in these two championship games could not be any more different. So I think either way it goes, you're going to get a good Super Bowl. But I think everybody wants to see an exciting Super Bowl. So everybody's probably rooting for Rams and Chiefs. That would make for an exciting Super Bowl. I wouldn't mind seeing Chiefs and 49ers because we saw this Super Bowl two years ago, and the 49ers can avenge their 23-10 to lead they blew in the fourth quarter. But, you know, I'm a very nostalgic person. The 49ers have played the Bengals twice in Super Bowls. So it would be nice to see 49ers and Bengals just to relive the past, and it would be – the second time that two teams have played each other three times, because remember the Cowboys played the Steelers three times in Super Bowls. Yep. And, yep. and then you have the Rams and Bengals. I don't know if anybody is really wanting this matchup, Rams and Bengals. No, I don't know. That would be that would be the equivalent of the of the Falcons Patriots. Even though the Falcons went down there and had the lead, nobody was really into that game. I think every I think if that happens, everybody's gonna instantly believe it's gonna be a blowout. So it's not gonna be a much of an entertaining game. This is why you have the playoffs. I mean, on paper, you can you can see a lot of stuff, but like Hermel would say, you play to win the game. Gabe, I just really am excited that we get another week of exciting, compelling football games. I'll be in front of the TV watching these games. And then hopefully I can get you back on and we can preview the Super Bowl. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because, hey, but I will say this. If the Rams win, it'll be the second time in NFL history that a home team gets to host the Super Bowl in their own stadium. Tampa Bay was the first last year. That is very true. Uh, I just can't believe that it's hap- it's, it could happen in back-to-back years. But – I. I tell you what, Gabe, I really – I've had a great week. I've had a, a week of nothing but great guests, and uh, you just did an amazing job like you always do. Thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. And I can actually see you taking over and just being a star in the podcasting world and maybe even having your own podcast because you're really good at what you do. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate it. Maybe, maybe one day I'll get there. Maybe one day. All right. Thank you, Gabe, for being on the show. And uh, that's all the time we have. Thank you, everybody that listened to the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and write a review if you'd like. And if you're interested in being a guest, just inbox me on the Facebook page. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Don't forget, Monday's show, I got Rob Frazier. We'll recap the weekend, and uh, we'll preview the Super Bowl. So I hope everybody has a great weekend. Enjoy the football. And everybody be safe out there. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, 
Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.